Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Teams were doing a good job of playing too high and taking some things away that we were doing well during the season. Thought we ran the ball more and put more effort into the run game. And then I missed a few throws early on in the season or the middle of the season late in the season that could have changed the narrative about this whole thing so just getting back to to what we know how we can play and that's that's about it buffalo bills quarterback josh allen there talking about the bills transitioning to much more of a run heavy offense especially in the second half of the season once joe brady took over i am somebody who believes that was partially due to necessity i think they kind of understood about the midpoint of the season they did not have the personnel, the skill position personnel that they thought they had and that throwing the ball was just going to cause them to lose games because they did not have the guys to win consistently doing that. They liked their run game. They liked their concepts. Uh, and, and and I agree with the caller we, we had um, in the last hour, too. That's really where the run game is at, is, is concepts, blocking, the whole thing. You can get it going. But I do like what James Cook and Ty Johnson do bring to the run game. Some news, though, for the Bills, uh, speaking of their offense – Joe Brady, it was reported yesterday that he had his interview with the Bills as he looks to go from interim to full-time offense coordinator. They're also bringing in former Buffalo Bills quarterback Thad Lewis to interview for the job as well. He has been with Tampa Bay since 21. He was their assistant wide receivers coach from 21 to 22, and then this past year was their quarterback's coach. And, look, worked for him. I mean, he was their quarterback coach, and Baker Mayfield, uh, well, Thad Lewis and Dave Canales, who Canales now goes to Carolina to be their head coach, helped Baker Mayfield have, I think, his best season of his career. Over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdown passes, led him to a playoff win, a division win. Ultimately, it made sense to me. I want to, I always, Josh, I always get leery now with, this is specifically with the Bills, this has nothing to do with Thad Lewis, but they went to a guy who did not have play calling experience in Ken Dorsey, and it did not work. Yeah. And so it makes me nervous that, like, Lewis could be great. I mean, Canales was only the quarterback coach for Seattle for a year before becoming their OC in Tampa, and he did a very fine job. With Baker Mayfield. With Baker Mayfield and some relatively older wide receivers, and I don't necessarily think an, an overly talented Tampa offense, mm-hmm. but they figured it out late and got really good really fast. Are we talking about former Bills quarterback? That Lewis, Lewis, absolutely. 2013. Love him. That is Love awesome. Him. Love him. But so, you know, that'd, be for so him, that'd be so fun. It'd be it would be a good time. It'd be a good time. I I remember that one year, like everyone kind of wanting Thad Lewis to start multiple times because he had I think one or two really good games, mm-hmm. and I was also on that train. Where I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. So always good time. 
Let's go back to the phones. We have got Victor in Buffalo on the line. Victor, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Listen, I got an idea for a veteran receiver to bring in that would augment this uh, pass-catching uh, team. Uh, I believe and they, they actually could have got him last year. He's wasting his time in Tennessee, DeAndre Hopkins. He's a beast. He's always been a beast. Great mm-hmm. hands, great deep guy, 50-50 guy. Best toe tapper on the, on the boundary I've ever seen. And, you, and I'm sure you remember the Cardinals game when he caught the Hail Mary. Oh, of course, of course. And and here he's a guy that why wouldn't you want to play with Josh Allen? And, and I mean I think he brings a legitimate top. I, I still think he's a top ten receiver. If you go look at his, all his tapes, he's just phenomenal. Yeah, that's I'm, it. That's all I got. You can also draft the young guys too. Yep, yep. This way he leaves you open to draft young guys. That's all I got. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Victor. Uh, yeah, I mean, hop, how long do we spend on Hopkins in the offseason? A lot of time. And to be fair, looking back on it now. You should have got him. You should have done what yeah, you could have to go get him. Um, it would have helped the offense out immensely. I do wonder what the offense would have looked like having him and Diggs and Davis. I mean, you would have had Davis in his much more, I think, natural role, which is more the number three receiver is not going to demand volume, but instead one or two big plays a game. Mm-hmm. You would have allowed kind of other guys to, re- I think, really be more in their natural roles to flourish, I do wonder what would have happened. They do have a potential out, Tennessee, in the 2024 offseason. So right now, uh, it all signs are pointing to they are going to, I think, release him so that he will be a free agent. You can go get him. And so, yeah, I, Hopkins would be an interesting idea. I am, though, more on the Green Bay plan. Josh, I, I think with how old this roster is, I want them to get younger. I don't want Hopkins. And, and I agree with much of Victor's points. I still think he is one of the best, league's best receivers. I still think he can help the Bills. My problem is, is after a year, we're having another conversation. He is going to be 32 years old this yeah, season. Yeah, you got to you got to stop doing the band-aids. You got to go out there and get the real fix and and Yeah. And, and I, I, yeah. I, I, that, that's also I wouldn't mind going to get DeAndre Hopkins on top of we've already added all these guys as well. Right. right. I, I'm much I don't know more how you make that work with the, the cap, plan though. of Green Bay of well it's it would have to be like a a single year deal. Where mm-hmm. He makes like 4 million dollars. Not even, bro. Not even. But like so I'm much more on the Green Bay plan. Get young, get fast. And the way Green Bay has done it, I think, is, is is a perfect plan for Buffalo to emulate. Jordan Love, this is his first season starting, but he had been in the system for two, three years, I think, up to this point. So he had been there learning the offense. He, I mean, Matt LaFleur has shown that he is one of the better offensive minds in football. Love has been learning that. He's been there since 2020. Oh, man. So, yeah, so three years. he gets, And then after two years, he gets his first start. So he's been yep. there for three years. And say what you will about him, he was learning under Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, just by watching. You're going to pick stuff up through osmosis just by being around <laughs> him. So that made sense to me. But what they did is, I think, perfect is just keep adding young guys here and there. I'm fine with adding a wide receiver in the fourth and fifth round, Josh. I have no problem with it. Again, mm-hmm. I thought you got great value for Gabe Davis. But what they also did was, hey, we're going to add two guys in the second round. We're going to add another guy in the third round. And we're going to augment that. with We're going to grab a tight end here. The Bills did that last year. And all of a sudden, you look at the you look at the Packers, and you're like, "Man, they're really young." And um, once they figured it out, they were really good. Yeah, I think Joe Brady, if they hire him, is a very good offense coordinator. I really do. I also think the Bills should do their due diligence and go around the league. So I like that they're going to bring in a Thad Lewis. I hope that once Washington kind of nails their head coaching position, which will be Ben Johnson, they bring in Eric Bieniemy for an interview. I want to see him also get a shot at being the offensive coordinator here in Buffalo. That one, he's probably the only guy 
unless obviously, of course, like a Ben Johnson or a Bobby Slowick were available for a coordinator position, Eric Bieni is probably the only guy I want to interview aside from Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of anyone else that, you know, just kind of is like, ooh, that's interesting. Maybe Brian Johnson because he's no longer with the Eagles now. But yep. I don't know. I mean, what what was that offense really this year? For the Eagles, you know what I mean. Like, oh, broken, like deeply broken. But uh, it, but is that is that the fault of Brian Johnson or is that the fault of the team itself? Like, I think like what I think was going on. What there? you're seeing, and you kind of saw it in, in Indianapolis. Shane Steichen is that good. Mm-hmm. I think Shane Steichen mm-hmm. is that good. That yes, they have talent, but he knew exactly how to get everything out of everybody. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing. Is hurts like, hurts now is a guy that's a great fantasy quarterback, but you only have that one year where you're like, oh, but he was a great quarterback. Right. Yeah. The years prior, not that great. This year, not that great. No, because I think, it's just I think Shane Steichen was perfect for that team, and they lose him, which it, it is bound to happen. But it's also why Cincinnati now, I'm going to be asking questions. Brian Callahan goes. He leaves. Now, it, I think he broke the news yesterday, or at least to me, I didn't know, that Zach Taylor was calling the plays in Cincinnati. Hmm. So maybe there is not going to be as much of a transition. But this has been the only offense coordinator that – Joe Burrow's had since being in the NFL. Yeah. I think it could be interesting. But you're seeing, though, Allen has not looked the same or as efficient, as deadly at times as he has under Brian Dable. I still think the peak of the Bills' offense was 2020. They had a run in 21 where they looked amazing, but much of 21 was rough. And then 22, 23, we were asking a ton of questions, basically from day one. 2020, though, to me, the peak of that offense, Josh, was that Denver Broncos game where Allen had the soundbite of how many times do we have to score, and they kept scoring and eventually did score a touchdown. That stood. That, to me, yep. was the peak. Yep. And with that season, you had Stephon Diggs. You had John Brown. You had Cole Beasley. You know, you, I think Gabe Davis was a rookie on that team. Uh, he was. Yes, he was. He had. He was the third, third leading receiver in terms of yardage with 599 yards. Yeah. And then you had Dawson Knox on that team as well. 288. Yep. John Brown they, had 458. Cole Beasley had 967. Diggs, they were loaded. They that were was Diggs' loaded. first year, 1535. Yeah. They were loaded. And I don't think they've ever really replaced a lot of the guys they missed. They have not replaced the speed demon that was John Brown. No, you know I what mean, they did? Flat out you they know what they it. did? They did replace him last year with themselves, older versions oh boy, of themselves. Right. When oh, they brought in Cole Beasley that. and John Brown off the street because they realized, oh, wow, we're going to the playoffs. We need people. Well, you ruined my morning. I forgot about that. Sorry, it just popped <laughs> I, into I my head. I forgot so that they did that. It popped into my head, so I had to tell somebody else about it too. <laughs> I think I, I think I just blacked that like that part of my life out. Just was like, no, nope. I mean, black that, ink. Just we, that's no one needs to know about that. We've all talked about it enough. That season alone was just, oh, it was just hard all the way through. Oh, yeah, the entire time, the entire just time, everything that happened in that season. So th- there's always that whole like, oh, well, you know, that was all going on last year. What happened this year? One snowstorm? Okay. Oh well. No, but for the most like, part like <laughs> I, like yes, they picked up injuries, but every team picks up injuries, but outside of that, I, and things went their way. You had a Miami Dolphins team who looked like they were going to run away with the division. Yeah. Miraculously lose a game to the Tennessee Titans. Everything went downhill though from London on. If we're being honest, in terms of like, injuries, yes. In ter- then, well, in terms of just play in general, I mean, yeah. that was like their breaking point almost. Was it was, hey, you lost to Jacksonville, you're going to come home and you're going to barely beat the Giants, you're going to lose to the Patriots, you're going to beat the Bucks in somewhat convincing fashion until the end of the game, you're going to lose to the Bengals and the Broncos, and you're going to become very run heavy after the Denver. And Broncos then all of a sudden, you're going to beat the Jets, almost beat the Eagles. You should have won that game. And then go on a, a run, mm-hmm. which, 
you figured it out, but what left the equation? Ken Dorsey. Yeah. I <laughs> like, just, that's that's the only thing that changed, though, which is yeah. why I'm like, okay, like, is it was it just him, or did they just kind of... Not have the personnel. Yeah. I don't know if Ken Dorsey's very good as an offense coordinator. I will say, though, but, he's getting yeah. interviews by, like, the Browns yeah. to be their offense coordinator. But, so, but, I mean, but my, he still has some leverage in the league. But to me, as the season went on, it became apparent they don't have wide receivers past Diggs, and even Diggs yeah. got to a point where we were sitting here going, dude, I just want you to have 50 yards in a game, let alone 100 yards. Well, my, 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 my main point there was, yes, Ken Dorsey left, and yeah, like, you know, the offense looked a lot better after that. But was it because Ken Dorsey didn't know how to run the offense, or did Ken Dorsey not have what he needed to run the offense, and then just Joe mm-hmm. Brady just kind of figured it out? Joe Brady had some. It's like, well, we've only got this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. So, like, that's my point. Is like, is Joe Brady that good of an offensive coordinator? Too. As a side point to that, but my main point is, did he just figure out how to work with what he had? And 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 Dorsey Dorsey just couldn't. Just couldn't. Or was it? No. Like, they actually have something here, and Joe Brady, like, can work with it. I I don't think that's the answer. I think the answer is Joe Brady figured out how to work with what he had, Mm -hmm. and he's going to build on it this off season. Which I hope he does. It was, pro- I, it was probably half of his interview with, you know, upper management right. was like, guys, this is what I actually want to do. Which they probably knew already, having likely talked yeah. to him before. Yeah. But they just went in probably into more detail. But yeah, I, I just, I cannot believe that the Bills will become a run-heavy team to start next year. I just, I can't believe it. I hope Number one, McDermott way, made way too much of a point of saying that he's passed first. Mm-hmm. Those quotes will come back to bite you early if you're not. Yep. And that will cause even more fans to just not even care. They'll just want him out. I mean, we're we're at that point already still. Yeah. On the flip side though, if if James Cook's averaging what, 90 yards a game rushing next year, I think I'm through the roof. If Yeah, if you, if know, you still have like, a great run scheme, that's that, perfect. That, that but that's the thing. It goes back to the point earlier of you don't want to sacrifice the pass game for the run game, but you also don't want to sacrifice the run game for the pass game. I I know you have a quarterback that is generational in terms of throwing ability and things like that. But I don't want to see a 90-10 split on the run and pass, on the pass yeah, you, to you, run. Yeah, you, don't want, I, it, I, you I also wanna, don't want it to go where, like, we're throwing the ball 50 times a game and we're running at three. Yeah, I want to see, like, you know, like 70-30. Like, 70% of the time you're passing because that's your strong suit. But the 30% of the time when you're running it, it better be, you know, explosive runs and great runs and, and James Cook is mm-hmm. looking like a younger version of his brother. Yeah, you like, run when you have to, and when you have yeah. to, you run well. Right, exactly. And that's that's the thing the Bills have lacked is because every time they've had to rely on the run game, it's just not been there. And mm-hmm. whether that be you know the scheme they had or the personnel they had, because before James Cook, you have Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, Zach who Moss. both did show this year. Well, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, Moss. Not terrible. Moss didn't have a big sample size. He had him. No, yeah, he had, he, had, he, had a, he had a quick run. Singletary kind of showed you though at the end of Houston, yeah. dude. It became just cash money. You bet his unders. It was really, <laughs> like I felt bad for Singletary, but like it became just like the easiest bet in the world. You bet his unders mm-hmm. in terms of rushing yards. Like well, they really and they showed in Baltimore they could not run the ball with him. It was it was yeah. genuinely like that was the one time this year where I looked at Bobby Sloak and went, dude, what are you doing? He kept going back to the run game, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's 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 playing the long game of I'm going to coach poorly, so no one else stay. interviews me, so I can stay in Houston and work with C.J. Stroud for the rest of my life. Rest of his life, I mean, just maybe no, another year. No. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just another year. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Aaron and Attica. Aaron, how are we doing this morning? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing very well. Good, good. Uh, to your point there, I, I think I, I think that uh, a good offensive coordinator 
takes what they have for personnel and uses it the best that they can. And mm-hmm. and to exactly what we were going, what you're going back to, wide receiver. I got a little hypothetical for you. So I I can't see a situation where we go into next year with Dawson Knox on the roster. I know we'll have to probably eat some money, but if we we got to get a, a fifth form for the from the Commanders, Colts, Cardinals. I don't know, whatever. But then. You know, the only free agent that I could possibly see is Darnell Mooney, who is who has the speed, who has the route mm-hmm. running, uh, you know, and then and then draft Brian Thomas or Franklin in the first, and then you know, realistically, come back and you know in the second because we don't have a third, and use you know three those three fifths that we have, whatever. Try to move up and get a guy like Xavier Worthy because some of these guys are going to fall because there are so many. One hundred percent. I. I really want to do really get two wide receivers in the first two rounds. As much as I'd love to get Kamar Kitchens, you know, from you know the safety, but I just I just can't see us spending a high pick on that. And then um, you know another guy just to keep an eye out for Malachi Corley, a guy he reminds me of Debo Samuel. You know, he's he's, he's smaller, but he but he can run the ball. He runs guys over. He runs like a, like a running back. Going to be a senior a bowl star. It, like Aaron, you're absolutely right. His name is going to pop off in about a week here. Thanks for the call, man. Because he's going to be a senior been, bowl star. I've been slowly doing a mock draft during this show, and I was hanging out in the second round trying to figure out who I pick, mm-hmm. and I just picked Malachi Corley just for you he, at he, pick sixty. He is going to be. There's always somebody every year that pops off in the Senior Bowl where everyone goes, okay, who's that? We, he's not going to be a first-round pick, but who's that? Calvin <laughs> Austin from Memphis. Christian Watson was that guy as well coming out of North Dakota State. There's always that guy that you know draft junkies all knew, and then everybody starts to know. Then there's also the, there's the few guys that pop off during the combine and, and, and such. He is going to be that guy for the Senior Bowl. The other, the other thing I was thinking about the draft here is – I I want wide receivers in the first round, not just because, you know, it's the bit and whatever we're doing that, but it's one, it's because that's where you get your marquee talent. That's where the Bills haven't oh, been yeah, of course, of course. in the past few years. And two, going back to my point earlier, Bean drafts so well late in the game, late in the draft, mm-hmm. do your defensive drafting there. Because, well, I, cause, because, because McDermott also showed I, I can turn whatever that is into gold. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's why not just focus on offense in the first couple rounds, first three rounds, whether not not just wide receiver, anywhere on the offense, mm-hmm. and then rounds four through seven. If you have an offensive talent available, go ahead and go get them. Yeah. But go get your defense there because you turn J- Dane Jackson, a seventh rounder, into one of the most reliable pieces on the defense. Taron Johnson, mid round pick. Taron Johnson, the best nickel corner in football. Yeah, like or, you have, or arguably, you have all of these examples, and even AJ Milano. AJ AJ Epinesa too. Like. He was a second-round pick, he was though. Second he, round he, pick. he was early enough. But, but it was more so of the fact of, like, hey, he's a late bloomer, and, like, look what we have now. Yeah. Look look who can just kind of hang out here in the wings, and then, boom, he's he's there when you need him the most. Yeah. By the like, way, Mark Kitchens, uh, the safety that our last caller brought up. From the U. Really? Miami, yeah. Yeah, the U. The U. He's going to be interesting. He's one of the few safeties I can see the Bills. It, depending on how this the process goes, he might be a first-round pick. I've seen a lot of him in the second round. We'll see there. Safety in the first, though, Josh, never really makes a ton of sense value-wise outside of guys like Jamal Adams, who's coming in, and many thought he was going to be like an Ed Reed-type player, and he never really lived up to that billing. I mean, he's good, not great, and he's not very good in coverage at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but very rarely do I like the idea of taking safeties or cornerbacks in the first two rounds because it just, to me, value-wise doesn't make a ton of sense. And like you just brought up there, though, Dane Jackson, seventh-round pick, Christian Benford, sixth-round pick, Taron Johnson, a fourth- or fifth-round pick, one of the two. Like They've got an incredible value from non 
early round secondary players. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, no, did not start with the Bills, but were cheap-ish free agent pick pickups, and yeah. were also not early draft picks. So, like, you get great value with those positions a lot more than, say, other positions. I've compared cornerbacks a lot to running backs of the defense when it comes to drafts, where you can get great starting value day one in, like, round four or five. And so, like, that's that's where I'm at with that. But, I mean, look, they don't have a third-round pick. I, You know, there is there is that issue. But they've got ten picks. Mm-hmm. And you can rebuild a lot of your defense if you need to later on in the draft. Because you don't have immediate, immediate needs in a number of positions. You do have them in, in some, safety being kind of the main one. See, and that's the thing that's so frustrating, too, is because you have you've had this overlooming shadow of – Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are the greatest safety duo in the entirety of the NFL. And you've basically only had them. But they are old. They're getting old, and now they are old. And and, and it's, you know, Micah Hyde is on an expiring contract, and Jordan Poyer's got one year left on his. I I just don't know what you do there, but you can't say, oh, well, let's go get a safety talent in the second or third round because that's likely where you're trying to get your second wide receiver. Like mm-hmm. If you would have just drafted wide receiver a couple years ago, you could be looking at all the safeties right now going, hmm, who could we get in the second round? And, you know, all is good. And you can still do that. You can still, you yeah. know, sit there at 60 and say, all right, well, who's available? But at the same time, depending on what wide receivers are available, you might be saying, well, that guy's not going to be there in the third. Xavier, And you don't have a third. So I, it's just – it's it's one of those, like, you wish you could have – Two years ago, and you should have probably could have should have would have been. You should have been, but but here we are. I think with what Bean has shown in terms of drafting ability, I think he can kind of draft his way out of this. I, I was gonna say, funny enough, like we all may complain about like who he's drafted. He's ultimately drafted pretty darn good players, mm-hmm. maybe not superstars. I think people like, especially at Ed Rusher, have wanted a guy like a TJ Watt or a Max Crosby to pop off. That hasn't happened, but he's gotten pretty solid players all around. Ed Oliver played out of his contract. I mean, like. Many were not happy with that. He played well into it. Tough divisional round, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to yeah. ignore that. That was pretty much a useless performance. But he's done very well drafting-wise. Now, I do want to bring up his uh, the caller's first point that we kind of jumped over, and I didn't mean to, but we did. Dawson Knox. I kind of agree. There, there's it, It's tough for me to see where he fits in with this roster next year. Yeah. Especially if they do go get another, if they if they just go get a young receiver or two, you have Diggs, you have Shakir, you have Kincaid, young receiver or two. Maybe you add in a Darnell Mooney on like a one year deal. Where does Knox fit into this? He was already not a tight end that garnered a ton of attention. He was never really that guy. But what do you do with him though? Like what team out there? I thought the caller brought up a perfect team. It was really quick through with their Washington. Okay. They have a ton of cap space, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback. You're going to have a Ben Johnson coming in. Maybe he thinks he can work with them. And with this being said, with Knox's contract alone, just looking at it here on Track, there is a potential out in 2025. Hmm. I agree with the caller. Just get a just get a late-round pick for him. You draft him in the fourth round. If you get a fifth rounder, you know, swing and a miss. We shouldn't assign him to the big deal. It is what it is. You keep moving forward. There's not like an end date to the NFL to the NFL life. You move on. Because I think right now he's just he's not going to do enough, Josh, I think, on this roster. You saw when he went down, Kincaid was outright better, just flat out. <laughs> yeah. And already in his rookie year had the most receptions by a tight end in Bills or most receptions by a tight end in Bills history as a rookie. What's he going to do next year? 
And he, he, and he had an issue where he had, like, a, a, what, a, a, not a broken thumb, but an injured thumb where he couldn't catch for two weeks. I mean, what's he going to do now where he's kind of shown to Allen he's been one of his more reliable options? What do you think about the New York Giants for a landing spot for him? I mean, maybe, because uh, um, Darren Did, Waller hasn't really done anything there. They've got $27 million in cap space. so Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're going to have to eat about half of this, I think. Yeah, probably. So, Which is not great. It's not great, but I just I'm having a tough time thinking where Knox is going to fit in with this organization at all. Again, the potential out is in 25. So even if anything, I don't see him on this roster past that. Mm. That I think best case scenario for him next year is his last year on the Bills. I I just don't see where he fits in because Kincaid is already showing he will be worth more than what Knox is even getting now, and he was signed to a four year, fifty two million dollar contract. And it really hasn't worked out at all. It, it, at the time it was signed, it was weird. And now it now it just looks bad, just flat out bad. We're going to take a quick time out here. Still taking your calls, 803-0550. If you want to jump in on this conversation we're having, what you want to see the Bills do this offseason, or what do you think they need to do this offseason to keep themselves competitive. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here on the X Point Show. And you're listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.